lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Hope you had a great weekend, especially the dads out there. Here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, we've got a jam-packed show for you today. We had a big win. We didn't get a chance to cover this last week with everything else going on, but we had a big win here in the state of Iowa last weekend, or, or at the end of last week, that I think has some lessons. How did we make this state redder than Texas? Now it's not as red as it needs to be. Our senators suck. Okay. Um... But if, if, if you understood where Iowa was 15 years ago, I mean, it's a thousand percent redder than it was 15 years ago. And, 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 and when I say it's redder now than Texas, I think that's more frankly a statement of how soft Texas has become, which I think will be one of the topics we'll address in Aaron's montage here in a few minutes. But... One of the one of the ways we did this that was vital in getting to this win that we had late last week, I think that can be a lesson for those of you that live in places like South Carolina, Texas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia. Should I go on? Louisiana, <laughs> Kansas, Idaho, Wyoming. States that are historically a lot more Republican than Iowa is and therefore should be a lot redder. And what took us 15 years to do, I mean, you guys could do this in, in your states in 15 months if you got the right organization and the right focus. So we will get into that at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, of course, uh, will be our Monday Ask Me Anything. If you gave us a five-star review recently on the podcast or submitted a question last week to Facebook, your questions are the ones that Todd has selected for us to answer here in a mo- in a few moments. Uh, really, actually, about 58 moments, about an hour from now, uh, here on the program. So we're always looking forward to that. Also, uh, an old partner of ours is back. and And the reason why is... Well, first of all, I'm in the movie, so I like talking about it. But but secondly, any day now, and literally any day now, we are, because they have to give us a ruling by June the 30th, that's when the session ends, uh, we're finally going to get the Supreme Court's opinion on the Dobbs case in Mississippi, which it is anticipated will overturn Roe. And that will put this now in your state and local courts on the key question really surrounding the issue of abortion. That's always been the key question, which we just recently started asking in the last few years after spending, you know, 40 some odd years not asking it. And when I came along in this business about 15 years ago and started asking, hey, why don't we ask or debate when life begins? Why don't we... Why don't we do that? And then, then there was a group of us that started asking that question and we got labeled, you know, by our own people, purists and radicals and all kinds of pejoratives. And then we found out they weren't our own people. They were just fundraising mechanism and liars. Uh, and then we finally did get around a few years ago to asking that question. And lo and behold, gentlemen, what do you know? In less than a decade of asking that question, we started asking it legislatively, what, what, 2014, 2015? So in little more than a in little, well, actually almost a full decade now, we were able to accomplish more 
than we did the previous 30 years of pro-life activism, because that's how long it's been since we've had a question before the court. That was KCV Pennsylvania, 1992. That's 30 years ago. That's how long it's been since we have challenged Roe on the merits at the Supreme Court. And so if you're wondering, uh, let's not waste, you know, another 50 years uh, at the state level when this gets returned to the states likely. Uh, This film, The Order of Rights, does a phenomenal job of laying out the kinds of arguments that we will have to make when this thing actually is open for argumentation here any day now. All right. So if you want to get a copy of this movie, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, uh, you can visit orderofrightsmovie.com. It's also available for purchase or rental when you go to Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google, Vudo, and Vudu, I should say, and Vimeo. Voodoo and Vimeo. I must put those two words together. Or just visit the website, orderofrightsmovie.com. Again, that's orderofrightsmovie.com, and it does include an extended cameo from yours truly is in this film as well. All right, so with all that now stipulated too, let us begin as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by another weekend in America. This is the image we're projecting to China and Russia. We'll begin with this photo tweeted out by Assistant Secretary for Health, the artist formerly known as Richard Levine, standing next to White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, captioned, quote, When the first openly gay press secretary and the first openly trans HHS Assistant Secretary for Health and four-star admiral meet at the White House during hashtag Pride, proud to be part of an administration where everyone can see themselves reflected in leadership. We've come so far. Here's to shattering more ceilings. As inflation and gas prices continue to soar, Joe Biden thought once again this weekend would be a good time for a bike ride at a beach in Delaware. He thought wrong. So, yeah, that's the image we're projecting to China and Russia. But as Oran McIntyre correctly pointed out, China ain't the problem. Moving on, Fox News is reporting from the border that at least 50 people on the FBI's terror watch list have been arrested by Border Patrol at the southern border this year alone. You get the picture there. Take a look at the trend. These last couple of years, the number of these TSDB arrests have exploded. There have been 65 already these last couple of years. The previous four years combined before that, there were only 11. A production team for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert was caught late last week attempting to stage a violent insurrection at our nation's capital. The crew was arrested after hours in the Longworth House office building on Capitol Hill Thursday night. The individuals were charged with unlawful entry for their brazen attack on our democracy. Am I doing this right? New Ministry of Truth just dropped. The White House just announced a new online task force to address so-called harassment and abuse. This task force will address the pervasive problem of online harassment and abuse, which disproportionately targets women, girls, and LGBTQI plus people. That's Jennifer Klein, the director of the White House Gender Policy Council, who's going to be deciding what is and isn't harassment for this newly rebranded Ministry of Truth. Nancy Pelosi thinks we're still in a war in Iraq. Look, we have the war in Iraq. We have COVID, which has... uh, um, 
At the Texas State GOP convention, Blaze TV contributor Alex Stein confronted Senator Ted Cruz over his support of sending tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine, among other things. You know, I'm sure you think you're really smart. Oh, I am smart. Yeah, because you're a globalist. You do more for Ukraine than you do for America. You know that. Remember how Trump made fun of your wife and then you go become best friends with Trump? I know, but why do you do that? You go become best friends with Trump after he makes fun of you and your wife. Why do you do that? I I understand you don't want to defend Texas. No, see, I do love America. See, you don't. You care more about the border between uh, Ukraine and Russia than you care about the border between Texas and Mexico. Why is that? Why do you care about that? I know, but why are you a globalist? You're a globalist, but you know Hey, Teddy, you're a globalist. You're a globalist, Ted. You know that, bud. And that's why you're a coward and a liar. And you know that, and I know that. And that's why you're afraid to stand up for it. When people were freezing and dying, you were in Cancun, Mexico. You remember that? You remember when you were at the all-inclusive buffet while people were freezing? No, but do you remember that, Ted, when everybody was freezing? Remember that, when people were dying? What were you doing? Yeah. Listen, I'm allowed to talk to the guy. I'm allowed to talk to them. I'm a delegate. Also at the Texas GOB convention, Senator John Cornyn was booed as he walked off the stage after a speech. The convention ended up passing a resolution condemning Cornyn and other Republican senators over their support of a potential bill that would encourage states to enact red flag laws for gun owners. Donald Trump, meanwhile, visited the Faith and Freedom Conference in Nashville. It was Americans of faith who founded this country. It was Americans of faith who built this country. It was Americans of faith who are going to save this country. And finally, spelling bees in the year 2022. Lincoln, your word is woman. Woman, can I have the country of origin, please? I I don't, I don't, probably England or Germany or something. Woman. Um, can I have the definition, please? Uh, why don't you ask Judge One that question? Can I have the definition of woman, please? No. Why not? I'm allowed to ask for definitions, right? The the thing is, a woman is the there. The a woman is 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 so what a woman. What she's trying to say is that each person gets to define for themselves what a a woman is. So can you define it? No. Why? I just want to know the definition of woman. And that makes you a hateful little bigot, Lincoln. That's the Babylon Bee, and that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Time is running short. You might be saying, Steve, it's only late June. School doesn't start for a couple of more months, but spots are filling up fast over at Freedom Project Academy. That's the online school from Freedom Project Education. And I know these people because I fought in the trenches with them against Common Core a few years ago and then had my own son enrolled at Freedom Project Academy for a few years as well. So I've seen up close and personal that they know exactly how to do 
online academy homeschooling with a classical learning style. What does that mean? It means the way that the people that founded and framed the country. That's how they were taught. Mastery of subject matter that actually matters, uh, not spirit of the age propaganda. Critical thinking is encouraged, if not demanded, not sullied in order for you to be uh, inculcated and indoctrinated into a good little statist. Uh, If you want to get a free information packet, they're available now, but spots are filling up fast for the fall. Go to freedomforschool.com, F-O-R. It's the preposition, not the number. Freedomforschool.com. Again, that's freedomforschool.com. All right, coming up in today's overtime, which we will record right after today's program, exclusively for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. I ran a poll over the weekend that asked the question, if you were forced to live in one of these two authoritarian dictatorships, which would you prefer? Vladimir Putin or the World Economic Forum? We will look at those results and react to them in the overtime today when you uh, watch and after you've subscribed at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, we will record that exclusively for you right after today's show. And then it will be uploaded right there for you later today, exclusively at blazetv.com slash dace. Did I use the word exclusively enough there, do you think? Or should I throw one more? I would suggest one more. You think one more? All right. Exclusively. Just for exclusively, I threw in two more. It's uh, Monday. TV you can subscribers. Never be too sure. Can't be exclusive enough, indeed. All right, so let's get to what is in the the montage that uh, that Aaron mentioned. There, there's a couple of things that I want us to highlight, actually, um, and they're towards the end of your of Aaron's montage. I want to I want to just start with, and then we'll, we'll move on because it'll probably require a longer conversation with the second point. But I want to start with Trump's speech on Friday at the Freedom at the Faith and Freedom Coalition event in Washington D.C. And I, I'm I'm again I'm just I'm just calling balls and strikes, all right. But that is as on message as Donald Trump has been pre-COVID. And if if he can remain on that message, and if you've followed Trump politically for more than 10 minutes, you know that that is often determined by whom he, you know, whom he surrounds himself, whom he chooses to surround himself with. If whoever helped him craft and frame that message is whom he surrounds himself by between now and the end of, you know, the GOP primary cycle in the spring of 24, which would be about 22 months from now. Um, I, I, it, it doesn't matter how many votes Ron DeSantis wins by in November, how much more impressive his record in Florida could become on top of how impressive it already is. Donald Trump will waltz to the nomination and deservedly so. That was a dynamite presentation that he gave there overall. Dynamite. Now, I saw a guy who's been on our show a few times, Matthew Peterson, I think it's Claremont, right, is where he yeah. is. Uh, I saw him mention this over the weekend, and I agree with this analysis as well. I just didn't have time to highlight it. I, I want to draw your attention, and if you follow me uh, on Truth Social, at Real Steve Dace, you'll see these studies. Okay, I've posted them there on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Days. There are two studies that came out over the weekend on the COVID jab. 
primary COVID mRNA vaccination temporarily impairs semen concentration and total modal count among semen donors with apparent rebound in about five months. But that data from this study does not include receiving boosters or even repeated boosters. It is logical to assume that if a booster is required, assuming this is all on the up and up, if a booster is required to boost your immune system, then whatever is in there to boost your immune system, that deboosts your reproductive system would be in there as well. So what this study shows, again, your ability as a man to reproduce is hindered for about five months after a standard mRNA injection of two shots. And that's before we start asking questions about boosters. And the link to this study, again, you'll see it if you follow me on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. Quick aside, our friend Robert Malone is pretty public now that he believes this was a depopulation scheme from the beginning. But let me ask a question. If it were, if he's correct about that, and it was a depopulation scheme all along, what would they have done differently? Answer that. Riddle me that, Batman. If indeed this was a depopulation scheme, what would they have done differently? What would have it's, been done differently? From my vantage point, it, this this COVID jab vaccine, but it, it's just a jab. It is the most useful vaccine that has ever been developed. It is the most useful vaccine. Just not for the people getting it. Indeed. Here's another study. And again, I've got these posted. You can go read them for yourself. They'll be posted by the end of today. I'll have them on all my social media sites, which means my Facebook traffic, which is just about to recover because I haven't posted a lot of COVID-related stuff in the last week, that'll just crater again, okay? But by the end of the day today, by close of business, this will be on all of my social media pages, okay? So MeWe Parlor, Gab, look for Steve Dace there, Facebook at Steve Dace Show on Getter, uh, and also Twitter, uh, and then at uh, Real Steve Dace on Trump's Truth Social. This is a study that was published from scientists at Stanford and UCLA. Those are two of the most elite universities in the country, as well as LSU, which is elite, just it, not in academics. But uh, two out of three ain't bad, meatloaf. All right, so Stanford, UCLA, and LSU scientists, they, wanted, they were looking at the risk, risk to health benefit ratio of the COVID jab. And there are some... They come to some stark conclusions here looking at the adverse effect ratio that there are certain populations that in terms of the health benefit ratio, it simply doesn't make any sense at all. You can read that again for yourself, but I just want to read you. This is their conclusion. Quote, I'm quoting from their study, quote, a systemic review and meta-analysis using individual participant data should be undertaken to address questions of harm-benefit ratio in various demographic subgroups, meaning reproductive-aged women, young men, and myocarditis. That's what they're referring to, okay? Full transparency, again, this is a quote, I'm quoting from this study, 
from scientists at Stanford, UCLA, and LSU. Quote, uh, continuing the quote, full transparency of the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trial data. Let that just waffle in the air. When just a few days ago, they approved these 22 to nothing for toddlers and infants. Okay. And here are scientists at Stanford, UCLA, and LSU saying, quote, full transparency of the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trial data is needed to properly evaluate these questions. Unfortunately, well over a year after widespread use of COVID-19 vaccines, participant-level data remains inaccessible, unquote. Keep in mind... They just voted 22 to nothing to give this to toddlers and infants over at the FDA. Now, I looked at the scientist who authored this study, and it's not your usual suspects. So Stanford, it's not your Jay Bhattacharyas and that, that crowd. It's a bunch of people I've never heard of. I don't, I don't know these people at all. So... This, this is outside of the, the typical Overton window of those who have been openly within the academic community pushing back on this. Both of these studies are up right now at, at, uh, at my Truth Social page, at Real Steve Dace. What does that have to do? Why did I take this detour talking about Trump's Faith and Freedom Coalition speech? Because I thought that this point Matthew Peterson at Claremont made over the weekend is valuable. There is... To quote the great prophet Ray Bradbury, something wicked this way comes. They will not be able to, even with all the censorship in the world, they, 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 just as they couldn't two years ago with the lockdown data and, and everything else, and, and, and last year with all the mask data, they will not be able to continue to, to squash all of this. This is, this is the equivalent of, you know, trying to balance a, a beach ball under the water. You do it for a while, and maybe for a while it sneaks up and, and it pops up, but you can quickly bury it again before anybody sees. But sooner or later, physics takes hold. You can't, they won't be able to bury this forever. They're struggling to bury it now. So much of this kind of stuff is coming out now that they can't, they can't possibly ban everybody that's pointing, putting this out there. Where will this data be a year from now when the GOP presidential primary is an absolute full swing? Where will it be a year from now? And you have a guy in Ron DeSantis who has the only public health department in the nation that from the beginning has not recommended giving these shots to children. It's not going, it would not be much of a pivot for him. You see where I'm going with this? Of course. To completely then go to, wow. This whole thing called Operation Warp Speed was a disaster from the beginning. And I had my suspicions. That's why we didn't give it to kids. At some point, Trump is going to have to confront this. Or he will be made to confront it. That issue aside, though, that message, that the messaging and, and that he gave there at Faith and Freedom late last week was absolutely dynamite. And on point. And and spoke a lot to the concerns in the country, to what actual solutions are, and not about his penchant for sometimes, if not too oftentimes, grinding petty grievances that really don't matter to most people any more than the January 6th hearing does.
Any quick thoughts on that before I move on with a quick question? Uh, well, all that's left to do with you is just buy... Uh, I, Next Father's Day, I'm going to get you your anti-vaxxer T-shirt. I think you've earned it. I'm just following data, I, man. I, no, I know. I, that's that's crucial because it, it's it's not just some political wish casting here. I, I can't stress enough the importance of what uh, Steve and then again the the, the Stanford names uh, he already mentioned have been doing on this front. It, but look how long it's it's taken, as Steve said, and let it waft in the air pre. The clinical trials. I mean, the the stuff we've known. It breaking through the zeitgeist, though. There, there have been questions all along about this, and we are now going into close to two and a half months uh, of the COVID fog. And just now, we just have another story about that ridiculous epidemiologist is trying to get a stewardess fired for because uh, she's not wearing a cool mask like him. I mean, it's just. The cultish level of thinking is not going to go away. And that's the only reason I make that uh, what I it was crack about being an anti-vaxxer is, is you, you, you can't put this aside no matter. And a lot of people are starting to say this. I used to think this about vaccines before, but everybody needs to be thinking about that. Otherwise, you, politically writ large. That's why Steve just made the connections. Trump can have all the intentions he wants to. This must be dealt with, which means you must deal with it make my point very very briefly here um this is the next pro-life frontier if that's not concrete Mm -hmm. in your mind Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. it should be Mm -hmm. our friend shannon joy joined us on the dace group i think the week after the dobbs opinion leaked and she she made something close to the same point not poo-pooing the wind that that is but i don't think she knew how maybe even then how prescient Uh, Her point was, this is the next frontier of the pro-life movement. It's big pharma uh, and these jabs of of any kind, especially if they try to develop uh, more for other types of ailments. It's it's the next frontier. This is not going away because everything that Todd just said, what do those arguments, what do those things, what are some of the cases? It all mirrors, it all mirrors the pro-aborts. So I want to move on to what Alex Stein and his confrontation with Cruz. And he had another one, Dan Crenshaw, that did not make the montage. And there's been a little bit of a controversy about that. And I just thought we would look like cowards if we didn't talk about this or address it. All right. So I have a simple question. And because I have a bias here, I've got double biases, actually. Alex works with us. And then I used to work for Ted Cruz. All right. So um there's there's really no answer I can give here that would be seen one way or the other with any level of objectivity and would get blown out of proportion. So for, so I'm going to um, recuse myself from answering my own question, if you guys are okay with that. But I, I do think it's something that should be discussed on the show. Is that level of confrontation, we've been pushing for more confrontation on the show, is that a definition of what we're talking about? And you guys had no idea I was going to ask. We've not talked about this all weekend long. Right. Okay. Is that what we're talking about? Is it, is it okay when it's somebody we, we don't really care for, like Dan Crenshaw, but if it's somebody that we in the past have had a high regard for, like Ted Cruz, is that all in the eye of the beholder? Or does it kind of not matter now because of the stage of cultural devolution we're in? I'll give you guys each about a minute here to kind of give a quick answer on this. And I'm just curious your thoughts. 
I think, you know, I, I, I'm in favor whether or not it's uh, a Ron DeSantis. There are some people in Trump world who are trying to already um, try. I see every now and then try, trying to, uh, to criticize him very forcefully. I'm all for the people who say they wear our jerseys. The people who say they wear our jerseys always having that aspect of accountability, even mano a mano in the back of their head. Um, and whether or not you agree, whether or not you agree that uh, these issues that Alex brought up are kosher or even pertinent right now, uh, I, I'm I'm fine with that level of confrontation as a general rule. Okay. What I'll, do you an- think, Todd? I'll answer it this way. The thing I have the biggest problem with out of everything that happened there is that they made him leave. Now, if he was stalking Ted Cruz for hours and hours and just would not, that's one thing. That, that even if I disagree with the specifics from Alex side, that two minutes or whatever it was was totally inbounds, and they're asking him to leave in a cancel culture run amok. But I have I had a huge problem that they actually escorted him out. All right, then since you you only answered in thirty seconds, give me elaborate on what would have you said it was just a couple of minutes. What would have been going too far for you? Oh well, if I mean, if he starts, you know, if he starts cussing uh, or things like that, or like I said, if he's basically stalking Ted Cruz the entire time, doesn't know when to move on. I mean, again, there not much really happened there. If as long as Ted Cruz was going to be signing those things, and I, I the people were going to be there for hours, it was obviously an event that went beyond Ted Cruz being there, right? What was what was it? It was Texas State GOP convention. Okay, then then like really, that's that. If that's all that happened, that's a pretty darn good day. I mean, right now we look at what's happening in our inner cities right now and, you know, on Juneteenth celebration. I mean, that really was a nothing burger and they made him leave. Okay. I have thoughts, but there's no way I can give any thoughts on this that don't get blown way out of proportion one way or the other. So might be best for me to keep them to myself for now. We'll come back and maybe teach a little political science class about our home state of Iowa here in a moment. So apparently, and yes, no one is more surprised at this than I am, but a couple of people have come forth and asked if I could possibly sign their Tyga cooler lid. This has seriously happened. And if they could like send me their lid, I would sign it and send it back. Guys, it's a cooler lid. All right. Those, those aren't just, you know, simple to just send back and forth. Okay, so, uh, but, but I, of course, you know, we will bend over backwards, not in a Lindsey Graham sort of way, but everything short of that, we will bend over backwards to serve our audience here on the Steve Day Show. You know what this means? Hmm. Tyga Cooler Roadshow. Is that what you think it means? Well, I came up with something far lazier. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I just asked them the other day, hey, you know, I, I sign like digital nameplates for my publisher when we put a new book out and they want to sell autographed copies. Why can't I do something like that with Tyga cooler lids? And they're like, you can absolutely do something like that. So I, I gave them, a, a, you know, a copy of my uh, signature and they put it together. So if that is you, yes, yes, you you can, the the two of you, that have asked, you may now request that. Okay. 
This is the worst Tyga cooler ad we have ever done. All right. Now, if you want something actually cool on your Tyga cooler lid, they can do that too. I've, I've seen mock-ups where people have had their kid kids' high school football photo on there. That's pretty cool. All right. So they, they can customize it to just about anything you want whatsoever, or they could just give you a really cool American-made cooler if you just don't care about any of that stuff. You just want a good cooler. They can do that for you too. And they offer you a 10% discount with my first name, Steve, as your promo code when you go to checkout at taigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A. That's T-A-I-G-A for taigacoolers.com. Let's welcome in our good friend, Bob Vanderplatz here from The Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing really well. Matter of fact, very blessed. Would you like me to sign your cooler lid or your, or <laughs> I want, your yearbook? Uh, I, not my yearbook. No? I, I want your digital signature, though, and Amy will be calling pretty soon and saying, where's all that money going, Steve? I'm just using the digital signature. Well, I, I would like her to be calling on that pretty soon. We've been waiting for a call like that. I'm going to be 49 years old here in about a month. been waiting for about uh, 25 years for a call like that. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, I, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show, and I, I, I figured that you're a good person to talk to about this and it was interesting i got a uh, i saw a tweet over the weekend with somebody lamenting how draconian of a red turn iowa has made that iowa went from the state that was the first to welcome gay marriage licenses formally without a residency requirement to you know uh what's happening culturally in the state right now that and that Iowa just a few years ago said you had a constitutional right to kill your kid and now it does not. And they were like, how did this state turn so fast, so quickly they were lamenting it? Okay, and I, I love it. And I sent them kind of a snotty reply with a with a wink and a you're welcome. But <laughs> it's one of those things that it may seem like it happened kind of suddenly, but it didn't. It, it took actually a lot of years uh, to, to alter conditions on the ground here and and so one of the things I, I said a few minutes ago before you came on is if it took us 15 years to to build to this critical mass in Iowa states like Kansas Mississippi Alabama Wyoming Idaho Nebraska far more traditionally Republican states than Iowa and so there's a lot more red infrastructure there they they should be able to le- take some of the lessons that we're about to talk about oh, and bet. do this stuff in like 15 months Okay, like like if you know the history of Indiana, for example, I, I believe one Democrat has won Indiana in a presidential election in like a, you know since post Civil War, and it was Bill Clinton, I believe, in '96, right? And there's no excuse there, and and we have a lot better governor, Republican governor, than they have there, obviously. But there's really like no but excuse. We have a conservative Republican yeah, governor. Yes, here. yes, there, there, that, that should just not happen. Indiana, Iowa should not be. Way should not be noticeably more conservative than Indiana, noticeably more conservative than Texas. And this, had, at least at the, at the policy level where it matters. And this has occurred. And I want you to kind of walk our audience through what led to this kind of critical mass of how things changed where we had, you know, uh, when I first took over from sports. So this was fall of 2006. We were on the way to the to uh, a, a, a filibuster-proof Democrat control in the Senate. Mm-hmm. There were only 17 Republican senators in our 50-seat state Senate. Over 60 Democrats in the state house. A Democratic governor. This was the most concentrated Democrat power in the state since prior to the Civil War. 
And how did we get to this point now here in 2022 that you're seeing victories like what happened at the state Supreme Court late last week? You know, Steve, it reminds me uh, a few months ago, matter of fact, several months ago when you were in Texas giving the keynote address and I happened to be in the audience. When I saw the audience's shock face is when you asked them, why in the world is Iowa more red today than you are here? Because we're just passing a lot better policy. And we just walked through this at our team meeting. And one of the things of a team meeting, we said elections matter. So if we ever think elections don't matter, they definitely do matter. And this one, what happened on Friday, it was teed up because of Iowans voting out three Supreme Court justices in 2010. And that took a lot of people. That took a, an air game when Steve was on WHO radio, who was constantly given air cover to that campaign. It took a ground game with us here at the Family Leader and involving and engaging the church to understand what was at stake here. This was un unconstitutional government. They went outside their constitutional parameters, and it was against God's design. And if you tear apart the institution of marriage pretty soon, you won't even know what restroom to use. And now we're here today, or what sport you should play. Mm -hmm. And their part of it is, Steve, is that what we said early on is after the 2012 election was unless we authentically engage the bride of Christ and keep the main thing, the main thing, which is the gospel and impacting the harvest field. And through that, you elect ministers of God. And through that, you advance righteous and just policy. And through that, you become a biblical partner to meet community needs of government and church together. And all of a sudden, we started to see the church rise up. I mean, we've talked on this show before, where's the church? And when the remnant rise up, good things happen. And so the elections matter of 2010, when we ousted three justices, and all of a sudden the two justices that replaced them voted for in the 5-2 decision on Friday. You had Governor Branstad, who ended up going to China as an ambassador, but you had Governor Reynolds step into that gap. And Governor Reynolds forced an issue that Governor Branstad did not, and that was, I want a different way that we nominate the justices today to give her more of control on who gets to be on that court. And then to have, obviously, groups like yours in the media, groups like ours in the ministry on the ground, but then elected officials like Kim Reynolds who are willing to challenge the status quo. And when a court in 2018 made up, they made up, they invented the right that there's a right to abortion in the Iowa Constitution, I think the people of Iowa knew better. And so then you 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 you, uh, you you weighed in on those people that you elected in the legislature, say, pass another law. Let's challenge that Supreme Court. And all of a sudden, it's a different court. And what happened on Friday was good news for life. It's good news for Iowa. Uh, it's a good news for our ministry and for Governor Reynolds as well. So I, I, what I hear you say is that there's really, really two things happened here. One was um, there, a sense of urgency. And I and in some of these places where they're just essentially grafted in Republican and you're just used to, you know, you look at some of these states, Idaho, Wyoming, where there's like literally single digit Democrats in the legislature. Um, I, I think it's two to one Republican to Indian and Republican to Democrat control in the Indiana legislature. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in some of these places, just. It's a little bit like what we used to kind of ridicule on the cruise campaign in 2016 and Todd nicknamed Roll Tide Evangelicalism, that I'm not an evangelical. I just took uh, Betty Sue and put her in her Easter dress once a year and took her to church. 
but I told the exit pollers I'm an evangelical. You know I was baptized in that church. Yeah, and I went to First Baptist. I can't yep. tell you which First Baptist because there's literally 700 of them in Atlanta, Georgia alone. Okay, <laughs> I can't tell you which one. It's just the one on Peachtree Street. There's at least 50 of those. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's it's a cultural expectation. And in some of these places where they have just been Republican for so long, rigor mortis has set in, there is no sense of urgency. And before you know it, you've got governors like Eric Holcomb speaking at the you know, World Economic Forum and uh, sodomizing you, basically, and literally, from a policy standpoint. Because there's no fear of being unelected. Correct. I just get to be reelected, so I get to do what I want to do. Right. So, so we, we, we were kind of a purple, lean, blue state for decades. And then it went full blue and that created the sense of urgency. All right. And so that's the first thing that you need in these states that you've gone soft. Sure. Is you have to create a sense of urgency. Uh, The other thing, though, is what I hear you talking about is the leveraging of assets. The idea of, of these three of these things working in coordination. And we literally worked in coordination. Like I did, I wasn't just independently doing shows on the judicial stuff, and then you guys were just independently doing your own thing. We talked frequently. We talked frequently, and the and the and the, and the, the, the left and the Republican establishment hated that, and you know why? Because that's what they do, right? They get together with 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 their media outlets, whether it's the the Foxes of the Republican establishment or everybody else if it's the left, and they coordinate all their talk. We just took a page out of their playbook and did this to them. All right. We just did this, though, to leverage our ability to message and mobilize our base. And, and, and a lot of that started with the very first gay marriage opinion. And you got people from different you know, Christian groups or conservative groups in the state, members of Congress at the time who were never in rooms together. And it forced these people and it was clumsy at first. It was awkward at first, but it forged some of these alliances and some of these relationships. And that's that's what you need to figure out is who who is on the radio in your local markets in your state that want to not just do a show, but want to um, want to be an activist, want to want an outcome because they, they think that's what's best for their kids and grandkids. Start communicating with them. Same thing on an organizational basis and, 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 and structure. These assets all need to be leveraged together into one uniform vehicle because that's what ultimately moves the needle. And when those unified assets show that they can move numbers and they can make a difference, guess who pays attention? Mm-hmm. The politicians pay attention. Absolutely. And also, and they have more of a bold and courageous spirit. Like, you know, these guys can actually move numbers. And that's why when, when we show up in the state of Iowa, and we have 2,200 churches in our network who aren't a social club with a cross. These are 2,200 churches who believe in the gospel. Jesus is the way, not a way, and that the scripture is true. And they're coming along your side saying, we're not alone. That's a real asset that you can use. But then you get alongside a Blaze TV or your local radio show, whatever else it might be. And you start coordinating that and you drop the knives toward each other and you keep the main thing, the main thing. And that is what has happened in Iowa time and time again. The other piece to that, Stephen, you know full well, early on in this ministry's career when I took over, Uh, There was a lot in the establishment that wanted to kill us. They wanted us to go away. Mm -hmm. And right away we said 12 years ago, peace through strength. We need to get stronger. And God blessed us and favored us. He's allowed us to get stronger. He's given us a lot of wins from 6-0 and on primary night to now what happened uh, last week Friday with um, the abortion ruling at the Supreme Court. There's peace through strength. Awesome people are more and more willing to play in the sandbox together when they know you're about the main thing being the main thing. I can't stress enough, though, the need 
because I think even what you just talked about there, that is is at least I mean it's ultimately accomplished through providence as you said, but the preparation for that blessing comes from again the leveraging of those assets. You bet. And and what you need to do in the state in which you live is you've got to get your 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 absolute best. I don't ever have to babysit them. People in your legislature, your 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 most your best and most influential media people, and your best and most effective organizational people, and they need to they need to uh, form essentially a coalition of the willing where they are on the same page and leveraging those messages consistently to our people so that they're not you know, independently, one group saying one thing and, and people get confused and then don't act because mm-hmm. there's not a coordinated action for them to take. And you'll see, I want to go back to two weeks ago on a Tuesday night in our Iowa primary on June 7th. Because when people are becoming lukewarm, you talk about the state of Indiana or Nebraska or Wyoming, where else it might be. If your legislators or office holders are becoming lukewarm, you need to turn up the heat. Uh, we had six primaries, and we these six. You mean pri- at the legislative level? At the legislative about, yeah. level, we we had six primaries, and these are legislators that would say, "I'm pro-life. I had a chicken dinner. I'm pro-school choice. I had a chicken dinner. I'm pro-religious liberty. I had a chicken dinner." But you got them in Des Moines, at the state capitol, and they won't move the ball on anything. And so what we did is we got people who are very interested. In, I want to make a difference. I'm not in this for re-election. I'm in this to advance the ball. And so we went in as an entity. Leveraged the asset of Governor Reynolds as well, who one of these six replaced. All of a sudden, you're six and zero on a primary night. You know what that does inside a legislature when six incumbents lose? One being an education chair, one being a Ways and Means chair. The heat just got turned up. You bet it does. Why? Because life matters, religious liberty matters, school choice matters. We're going to do something here, and so we give great credit to Kim Reynolds. Now, did we just get that relationship with her? Absolutely not. We have forged that relationship, Steve, I think what you're talking about, for years. But now there's a sense of urgency. Real quick, in Kansas, there is a sense of urgency. And Kansas is a pretty red state. Yep. The reason there's a sense of urgency is that Dobbs is going to be decided in a couple of weeks. And Dobbs will be decided, it looks like it'll overturn Roe v. Wade. Kansas will be the first state on August 2 to take a vote on a Protect Life Amendment. Planned Parenthood is throwing tons of money, millions of dollars into that vote to say Kansas support a woman's right to kill the baby. We need to get into Kansas, make sure Kansas wins that vote right after Dobbs. There's your urgency inside of a red state. Make sure you win that vote. And we here in Iowa, the family leader, we're going to help play in Kansas. Well, that's an example of that is how you get out of your complacency and organizationally, legislatively, and then from a media and a messaging standpoint, get those three people, three groups of people together. This should be an automatic coalescing ability for them to then converge on a similar message. And then you start building those relationships of coordination on shared values from that time forward with that kind of a galvanizing event. And the part of Kansas, again, Planned Parenthood knows they need a win because they know they're losing all over the place. They lost Friday at the Iowa Supreme Court. They're going to lose that Dobbs decision. So we have to win in Kansas. So the thing is, take all the assets and let's synergize it and make sure we win in Kansas. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. All right, we'll come back. Same to you. It's time to ask me anything here when we return in just a few moments.
Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. And we can find out who all of you are if you email the show. Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter, TikTok, and Instagram as well. And look for me as well on Trump's Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. Those uh, studies that came out the last few days on the COVID jab that I referenced at the top of the show, you'll find those right now on at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social. They'll be posted on all of my social medias by the end of today. If you're a podcast listener, please, if you've yet to do this, uh, leave us a five-star review. Thanks to all of you that have done that for us already. We appreciate you. And in the future, if you would like to go to the front of the line of a future Ask Me Anything, put your question in your five-star review and it will get our notice. In fact, you'll hear more about those questions here in just a few minutes when we do this week's Ask Me Anything. So thanks again to all of you that have left us five-star reviews. Hit the subscribe or follow button. They help our podcast to continue to grow. We had some of our highest iTunes ratings. I think maybe the highest iTunes ratings we've ever had last week. We should probably give Tucker Carlson at least a little credit for that maybe as well. All right. So thanks to all of you that have done that. And uh, we just can't thank you enough. So thanks again. And you can get clips of the show for free that are free of any censorship when you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Our Ask Me Anything is brought to you by, at least part one, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. And you guys know that uh, we, we try to uphold a policy on our show that we won't ask you to directly donate to something that we have not been willing to directly donate to, which is why I don't have a problem whatsoever about asking you directly to donate to Alliance Defending Freedom as our family has, because I've seen up close for years now uh, that they're among the most effective conservative legal organizations in the country, uh, taking cases all the way to the Supreme Court with a pretty good WNL record. And on top of that, they represent all of their clients pro bono. And that means, though, that the funding has to come from somewhere, and it comes from tax-deductible donations, easy for me to say, from people like us. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation today, you can go to adflegal.org slash Steve. That's adflegal.org slash Steve. Before we get to the questions you picked, and I guess I should have assumed this would occur, several of you are in my inbox right now demanding I give you my thoughts on the Alex Stein, Ted Cruz issue. Um, I'll, let me say this first and foremost, if I thought that Alex Stein was unilaterally out of order, I would have just said that. Meaning if I thought it was clear that he was out of order, I would have just said so. Okay. The re, I think you, the way I framed the questions refreshed my memory, but I think I asked them in, in light of do you always think this is out of order? Is it okay if we don't like the person? Is it a sliding scale? Meaning it was, it was intended to figure out what is the appropriate level right. of confrontation. But I, I can promise you whether I worked for Ted Cruz or not, if I thought for sure what he was doing uh, there was completely out of order, I would have just said so. But since I stopped working for the senator, we have not commented a lot, at least I haven't, on this show one way or the other because I can't win. All right. If I'm if I'm critical, then it becomes a news story, like a literal news story, like it'll be on Politico tomorrow. OK, you know, and if I'm if I'm, you know, thankful or praiseful, well, then I'm biased. I used to work for him. You know, it's a friend of mine. And I just tend to stay away from areas where I don't think there's a winning argument for me. 
the one area where I've made an exception has been on Ukraine because just like I said with Alex Stein, I thought if Alex had clearly unilaterally, regardless of the person, crossed the line, I would have just said that. I thought Ted's vote for funding of Ukraine crossed that line. That were beyond sliding scales of opinions. That, that I, to me, it's it's just an inexcusable vote, inexcusable. And it's and my belief in that is is confirmed by. I will say this. I've seen Ted Cruz obliterate people that tried to do this to him before. Just make them eat their hats and they're not even wearing them. The fact that he couldn't do that here and had no response other than kind of a, you know, you kind of think basically you're being a real smart ass. Believe me, if there was an instantaneously justifiable intellectually reason for why he voted to give $60 billion of money to be flushed down a toilet in Ukraine with no possible hope of any return on investment whatsoever. I promise you if there was something legitimate, you would have heard it there. And and the fact that there wasn't is kind of what stood out to me the most. Beyond that though, there's other things I know that would just violate confidences that I have shared with you guys during the break and that's that's always that's you know beyond my own I'm human and I make mistakes, but as I've told you before, I will tell you as much truth as I can unless it violates confidences. And in this case, it kind of would, which is why that's really all I'm prepared to say. And I can't win if I if I say that Alex was unfair there, then, you know, I'm disloyal to somebody who we work with and I'm only doing it because um, I used to work with Ted Cruz. And if I think it's completely legit, then it's literally like picked up on blogs and stories that, uh, you know, somewhat high profile former Ted Cruz advisor, you know, thinks he's punked out. You know what I'm saying? There's just, there's just no way to give anything that doesn't feed someone's narrative that I'm not frankly willing to feed. You guys have any further thoughts on that? No, I'm not especially. I mean, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the people emailing you or if they're just listeners. Yeah. If they're, but if they're names that often come at you or, you know, I, listen, I guess if you trust Aaron and I, then if for some reason you think like Steve's pulling his punches that now Steve, remember any, he does, he does the opposite. He looks for reasons to punch harder. Okay. This is just him uh, being uh, an adult and, and there, and none of you guys know Ted Cruz. None of you have spent as much time as you have with Steve Dace. If it was time to, I promise you this, if it was time, and this is not just what I know from him personally, but what his track record, Steve would cut bait and let all you know that, uh, you know, the Titanic is going down, like that that, that Ted Cruz is over and done with. So I think uh, the fact that we had this on at all should show you what Steve thinks about getting an honest assessment and and saying you know you guys help me in this case we often we're pretty hard on you a lot of times steve's saying hey what's the reading on the room on this because i'd like to know i think i'm too close to it you should uh, uh, there should be a lot of grace for what steve just did on this do you think most people not named steve dace with the relationship that they have with ted cruz would have done this no come on you know that yeah i I just i want to reiterate as well this is not Know what time it is. All right. Uh, this is 
this is a constituent airing grievances. Is that against the law? He wasn't dropping F-bombs. He's just saying, you know, explain yourself here. Um, after all we've seen over the last two years plus, after all that we've seen over the last two years plus, that's like, that's like space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar, space bar, really far down the list of uh, high priorities here. I would say the confrontation aspect of this is actually, I'm ambivalent to and or supportive of it, so long as it doesn't get violent or just cursing for the sake of cursing, as Todd said, or just bringing up things that are not true. All the things that Stein brought up are true, whether he framed them completely accurately or not, especially with the Cancun thing. I don't know. But even if it's people that we really like who have done really good things and have been allied with us uh, through thick and thin, if they start to go wobbly, it's actually on you when you have the opportunities to to remind them who they work for because what you get when you don't have that mindset when you don't know and understand the natural order the real order of things around here and how this thing called a representative uh or a uh, democratic uh republic works when you don't understand how to, how a representative republic works you get tweets like what you put out Steve over the weekend, likening the crowd at the Texas State GOP convention booing John Cornyn as a quote mob. mob. Oh yeah, John Cornyn saying that. And then that it John was a mob. Cornyn yeah. liking that tweet because yeah. that's how most GOP senators and yes. GOP politicians view you. Yes, you, yeah, you listening, they see you as part of a mob. And they, their their job is to hold you back and corral you. I don't know how much clearer that can get because that's what happens when they don't understand, never did, or maybe forgot the order of things. They turn into John Cornyn's or they begin that way to begin with, especially when we have good senators like Ted Cruz. And he has been a good senator. You know, Ukraine vote notwithstanding, he's been a good senator, especially, I would say, when you have these guys. If they start to go a little wobbly or they start to look going, look like they're going a little wobbly probably the best time to confront really quickly and this is the point about senator cruz making people uh, eat their hat the part i agree with stein uh, is that when he keeps using the term globalist ted cruz's track record he's absolutely that this vote notwithstanding take it isolation but he's not a globalist among other reasons i know that steve all these years if ted cruz was a globalist would you have supported him no no so that's but that's also steve's point of concern that that's not really a fair criticism writ large but ted cruz did not have anything immediately no, what was, what's your other justification then for alex's challenge yeah that's what you're pointing yes, out right yes uh, let's leave it at this I think this video is still out there on YouTube somewhere, okay? There's a video from, I think it's 2015, 2014, and it's a it's a rally at it's a rally uh, on the at the on the Capitol grounds. I think it's like a rally for Israel. And it's uh it's supposed to be a live event, and I think it's Cruz is up there with Gary Bauer and a couple of other people, okay? And it's been several years since I've seen this, but this 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 video is something. And, and, and a code pink, and I'm not, see, this is where you can't win, okay? I am not drawing a moral equivalency between Alex Stein and, and a code pink al- activist. I'm drawing a situational equivalency, okay? A code pink activist attempts to do 
to to this event live uh and it, it, uh, her version of what of, of a conference of confrontational what alex attempts to do here at the texas gop state convention and ted grabs the microphone yeah. live do you remember this video yeah and annihilates her like into into the the into the paleozoic era like she walked out we had to get uh, a shovel for the primordial ooze of what was left of her after he was done completely unprepared completely unplanned completely uncontrived she tries to crash the party and got wrecked and i've seen that several times which is why i know that he is much he's capable of much much more than what you saw in that video and the fact that he did not return my own personal request to come on and explain it or that's how we kind of choose to parry uh, Alex's, you know, jabs at him. It's not for a lack of ability. If there was a really good and and somewhat pithy explanation for that vote, you would have heard it right there. And I don't think there is one. And I think if he had one, he'd tell you. So... Is that a good place to leave it at? Yeah, but just let's make no mistake. There's, there's a growing, growing number of people that uh, who supported Ted Cruz, preferred him over Donald Trump. But th- when they see Alex Stein going into those school board meetings and do what he does, they're like, hell yeah, that has to be recognized. That there, there is a sentiment out there that we want answers. We are not just going to be spoon-fed the same thin gruel anymore. Our level of trust for anybody is down to zero. So, hmm. that, And that's why Alex Stein, a guy going in there like that, a lot of people are like, yeah, it's, 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 it's Trumpian. It's like Trump going into the whole 2016 race. That's what you saw there. People want dis- more dis- of that. Disru- disruption. Disruption, yeah. they yeah. do. Yeah. All right, let's get to Ask Me Anything, brought to you by our friends over at Viciously Loyal Clothing. What are you viciously loyal to? Your beliefs, your family, your community, your country? This is a purpose-driven brand as unique as the people who wear it. Everyone and every, everyone and anyone is viciously loyal to something that matters to them. And for the people of Viciously Loyal, they come from a long line of servicemen and women who choose to be servants to their community, both in active duty and uh, without here in the general population. And that's why they've got uh, a purpose-driven brand. Everything is designed and printed right here in the U.S. of A. Uh, And if you go to viciouslyloyal.com, you'll find a wide range of premium shirts, tank tops, hats, and more. A lot of cool swag to fit your individual style, no matter what it is. And if you use the discount code Steve at checkout, you'll get a big discount, 20% off your order of Viciously Loyal gear. When you go to viciouslyloyal.com, that's viciouslyloyal.com and use the promo code Steve. So these are questions I have not seen handpicked by Todd from both people that uh, asked them in their five-star reviews on uh, their podcast platform and this week as well on Facebook. And Aaron, you may fire when ready. We will begin with a two-parter. This is the first part from Stephen Duplantis on Facebook. As Christians, we're told to pray for our leaders. I firmly believe that the people in charge of America right now are given over to the enemy, and I find it hard to pray for people who are so ridden with evil. To me, it feels like I'm praying for the devil himself. What can I do? And then Chef uh, Catherine Graver says, At what point does a righteous anger turn into just anger? 
in dealing with the uh, current cultural issues, say LGBTQ issues, is it appropriate to say that righteous anger is only directed towards believers who should know better? If not, and it does apply to non-believers, how do we apply righteous anger towards unbelievers and not turn them away and leave open the opportunity for them to repent? Now, these are both good questions. On uh, the first one, from one Steve to another, you will not like my answer. And I want you to know, I don't like my answer. But, um, while we were en- while we were his enemies, Christ died for us. God calls Ananias to serve this persecutor named Saul of Tarsus. I was just thinking the same thing. Where you? That's the put imagine him imagine yes. Saul and he his reputation was well earned yes from holding the cloaks of those who stoned the first martyr whose name you and I both bear Stephen um maybe even instigating them into that who knows but he was certainly there and he was holding their cloaks so he at least said hey guys I'll I'll hold your gear I'll hold your swag while you go ahead and put this Christian down to essentially being um an operative of the religious authorities who were seeking to arrest and persecute Christians. And now God speaks to Ananias and says, Hey, you will soon be visited by someone uh, that you need to minister to. I'm calling you to minister to this person. Ananias is like, you mean the, (laughs) you mean the guy out there that, you know, is hunting us and was on his way here to hunt us. And God's like, Yep. So I don't like that answer. I don't like it, but that is the answer. That is the answer for nothing is impossible with God. And now, you know why I said last week I was struggling with my own empathy and therefore need to be reminded of my own sinfulness that God forgave to save me my ongoing sinfulness that God forgives to work through me. The second part of your answer. One more thing. Don't, yeah. It's okay if it feels, Steve uses the term when he's talking about other, uh, other issues, but if it feels icky to you, that's good. You should not feel like you're levitating when you're praying for your enemy. It, that, if you do get there, tell me how that goes. Yes. But it should feel terrible. Because you're broken. Yes. It should be like really, really hard. It's okay. So maybe you're getting that. Let, don't let it. It's You're not Great supposed point. to be like, honestly, they're coming on. No. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to praying for Joe Biden again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, it's a great, I'm looking forward to paying for Kamala Harris again, right after she says, there's really no reason for you to have to change any of your religious beliefs at all in order to support the right. ritualistic uh, state sanctioned murder of a hundred million children. Right. Right. It, it, it's not natural. It's not natural to have as your instantaneous response. Let me pray for you. It's supernatural to do it, but it's not natural right. to do it. Okay. The other question is, first of all, we always hold the people wearing our uniform to a higher standard. Always. Always. And this is, this is repeated. Th- I mean, I could give you numerous examples. Jesus did. Jesus did. I mean, Jesus went to the temple 
looked at the religious leaders, literally pointed at them to their face and said, this isn't passive aggressive in any way. These are the whitewashed tombs. It's these guys. These are the broods of vipers. Those guys, that guy, that, that one right there, that guy right there, that one. Don't listen to anything he says. Complete fraud. Complete fraud. So that's who Jesus had the harshest confrontations for, not for Romans, not for the uncircumcised. Um, he taught this with the teaching of the speck of dust in your neighbor's eye compared to the beam or the log in your own. Um, he says this to Ezekiel when he says, hey, son of man, warn the watchman on the wall that if they do not warn the Israelite people of the great sins they are committing, I will hold them accountable as if they had committed those sins because I sent them to be the watchman, to warn the people, and they didn't do it. So, I mean, this is a direct line. Judgment begins in the house of God first. That's a direct scriptural citation. We always hold our own people to a higher standard. Always. Always. Now, here's, though, this gets into what we talked about, though, on Friday. The, 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 the paradoxical nature of Christianity is that we love binary choices. Well, <laughs> except for the ones that God says are the most obvious binary choices we do anyway, good and evil, male and female. All right, so except for the ones that God says are defined definitively binary choices, we love binary choices. When in reality, the biblical worldview is dynamic in nature. It is more either, it's more and also than either or. And that's because God exists outside of time and space. He exists outside of our, we're not panentheists, we're not pantheists. Um, he exists outside of our circle of life. He's transcendent. He's both imminent and transcendent. He, he transcends all of our simplicities. And so, just because judgment begins in the house of God doesn't mean and we have we hold our own team to a higher standard doesn't mean we hold everybody else to no standard doesn't mean that either so why is there a hell i had somebody email me over the weekend that they were going to they were going to they they were a christian and they were going to get involved in a pride event in their community because they can't see God discriminating against anybody. Here was my response. Is there a hell? If you answer no, you are a heretic and not a believer. If you answer yes, then you have to ask yourself why, because that's a clear demonstration of God's discrimination. Somebody and something's getting discriminated against. Are you for the molesting of children? Now, that used to be an obvious no. I'm not sure how obvious that answer is any longer. But most people would say, well, of course not, right? Okay, well, then that's a form of discrimination. You're willing to discriminate against people who are, right? By the way, did you guys see the poll out today that only 24% of Democrats are in favor of not putting men in women's yes. sports? That, that, that poll basically says 24% of Democrats are sane. That's basically what it says. 24% of Democrats are sane. But the question isn't, 
will there be discrimination? The question is, is the discrimination justified? Is it good or it's bad? And then by whose standard would we define those things? Do you believe in prisons? Then you believe in some form of discrimination. Some people have committed acts where they deserve to have their basic freedoms and rights taken away from them. Because they use them to impose against your basic freedoms and rights. Plus, y'all don't even know what the term... You've been so worked over, you have no idea what the discrimination term discrimination is a good means. thing. Discrimination yes. is so important to God himself in order to maintain the justice of the created universe that he discriminated against his own son so that all of us would be made free. And he didn't see... I'm using the term appropriate. You're using it in the New Age version of Correct. touchy-feely. No, a choice needed to be made. And it was designed throughout all of human history because of the relationship inherent, God the Father and God the Son, that such a discrimination was possible. But my goodness, people. I, I, Furthermore, pride, pride and, and our belief system could not be anymore. Exactly. The Bible says to die to yourself yes. and to do it daily. Yes. Pride says to flaunt yourself, even if it's your most craven desire, and to do it every to do it monthly. Um Satan's fall was pride. I will be like the Most High. He then tempted Adam and Eve to bring sin into the world via their pride. You will be like the Most High, knowing good from evil. You will be like God. Pride's the deadliest of all sins. There's nothing here that's congruent with Christianity at all. Because all sin is rooted in pride. That's why it's the deadliest. So... We used to use this term in terms, you have discriminating tastes. Yes, they used to be a compliment. Yes. 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 And so what will happen is unbelievers who are not covered and have not sought the atonement, and the only atonement that satisfies God's wrath against, justifiable wrath against our sin, the sacrifice of his son at the cross, unbelievers who do not have that atonement will be discriminated against forever in a place called hell. So in this life, we always hold our side to a higher standard. I mean, what's the point of our standard if we're not willing to hold ourselves to it after all? Of course. Is, it, is any kind of standard effective if we're not willing to hold ourselves to it as best as we possibly can? And then when we fail it, own it. We failed the standard. Which is one of the reasons these days our standard is so meaningless to the non-believers. Correct. Because we've done such a poor job of what Correct. you just... Correct. It's why when denominations go left, they lose, they actually right. go down in attendance. Because I don't have to get up on a Sunday morning to hear from a pastor with pronouns in his, in his profile. I can get that on every channel, every network, and sleep in! Yeah. And they're not going to ask me for money. You are. Yeah. Even at the Episcopal Church, you'll ask me for my money. The churches that grow are the, are the places where the salt has not lost its, its flavor. So it hasn't been thrown out to be trampled underfoot. It's not, it's, not, it's not useless to everybody yet. The light stand has not been taken away yet, as Jesus says in Revelation. Careful, you're discriminating, Steve. Exactly. So, yes, we, we always, when do we stop holding ourselves to a higher standard? Never. We never do that. We're never allowed. When the other side throws mustard gas, we don't ever get to respond with mustard gas. That's bad. That's evil. Do, does that mean we don't get to respond at all? Is that what I said? No. no, but we don't ever stoop to the enemy's level. We don't ever do that. Ever. But that doesn't mean we don't respond at all. That doesn't mean we don't confront at all. 
but we always hold our side, our own people, to a higher standard. We always do. Is that a good enough answer, you guys think? Absolutely. One more quick one, or you got to get it alive? What do you think? I well, I think we can get one in okay. real quick. Right. Uh, Josh Kraft says, with police running out of money for their fuel budgets, how long do you think it'll be before we see all-out mayhem in the streets of major cities in the U.S. and martial law being declared? Tomorrow. We've already seen everything but martial law declared. And in some places, you've had proto-versions of it with forced curfews and things of that nature, but... Weren't we just sitting here just two years ago with the summer of George Floyd? Yeah. Uh, beneficent, uh, you know, um, vigils that were otherwise known as riots. I mean, we're already we're already seeing that. I mean, the, only, we're, the only thing we haven't seen is a formal declaration of martial law, but we've already seen everything else. Here's the thing, folks. You're going to have Christ or you're going to have chaos. Yep. You want a binary choice? There's one for you. All right. Your rights will come from God or government will be God. There's another one for you. Those are your options. Those are really your only two options. More Ask Me Anything in a moment. Now and then, you know, I like to delve into one of the uh, the classic rock flavors of Built Bar. So I busted out a box of mint brownie, which was like the first, very first flavor in the first variety box I ever got in 2020 that like sold me right away. You, know, you guys know I love chocolate mint and this absolutely nailed it. And it's still as good as the very first time I ever tried Built Bar. And again, this is the flavor that won me over. And you can get mint brownie in any of their variety boxes. You can get their brand new mud pie flavor that's available for a limited time right now. And all the other great flavors of the greatest protein bar of all time. All flavors covered in real chocolate, loaded with protein and flavor, not loaded with calories, carbs, and grams of sugar. You won't believe they're this good because typically the stuff that tastes this good isn't this good for you. And that's why... Make, that's what makes Built Bar so special, why I'm so excited about them. Go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T. That's their website for Built.com and Built Bar. Get 15% off at checkout with the promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. Use that promo code for 15% off for Built Bar at Built.com. I believe this is one of the five-star reviews on iTunes. M Holiday 92 asks, thoughts on Juneteenth? I'm glad this was brought up because I want to talk about this. All right, because this, let's just address what it is on the surface. All right, on the surface, it is said to be a commemoration of the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, the name itself stems from the state of Texas because it was, I think, two years after the Emancipation Proclamation and Union soldiers reached the slaves in Texas to tell them, hey, you're free. You don't have to be slaves anymore. And they didn't know, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the specific event it's commemorating is the Emancipation Proclamation, but the specific circumstances surround it were Union soldiers, Union, American soldiers, notify, notifying slaves in Texas that they were 
they had been they had been made free men and women. On the surface, this should comport perfectly with our worldview, correct? Yeah. On the surface, this should comport perfectly with patriotism, right? Yes. So then can someone explain to me, and forgive me, I'm white, not for being white. I don't, I don't need you to forgive me for that because it's, there's nothing wrong with it or anything else. I just, that's the color God made me. I'm white. I, therefore, I had not really been in, um, delved into Juneteenth commemorations and cultures all that often. I frankly didn't know much about it until a few years ago. I'd never heard of it until okay. a few years ago. I'd heard of it, but didn't know really anything about it. You know what I thought it was prior to actually learning what the history of it was just a couple of years ago? Because of the symbolism associated with it, I thought it was some kind of Black Panther thing, like Kwanzaa. That's what I thought it was. And I realized, yeah, I don't think I'm the intended audience, not my bag. So I, I didn't know much about it until they made it a federal holiday last year. Hadn't done a lot of research into it. So then I learned the, re, then I learned the history of it, and now I am completely befuddled. Because pretty much all the symbolism I see and all the branding and imagery of Juneteenth I see, (laughs) ironically, is exactly what I originally stereotyped it as. It's all African tribal. None of it's patriotic. Like none of it's like red, white, and blue. None of it's patriotic at all. It's all African tribal colors, distinctions, like the Africa pendants they wore when we were in college to, to show their solidarity with the homeland to which Ice Cube once sang and all those uh, mother effers that think they're so black, put them back overseas and they'll be begging to come back. One of his classic lines from his debut solo album, America's Most Wanted. Um, it's exactly what I stereotyped it as. All the language and branding is Marxist in nature or tribal in nature. None of it's American. None of it's patriotic. This is is a little bit like, hey, we won the Revolutionary War, so this 1st July 4th, fly some Union Jacks. It's all dumb. I I don't understand it. It's just dumb. I don't... So... I want to make sure, just walk me through this. We're going to, you got, you're, you're made free, which you are owed. You were owed that freedom. It was given to you. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans died on battlefields all throughout. All throughout numerous states to settle that debate. So, You're granted your freedom. You didn't go back to your native country. You stayed here. Or your ancestors did. They stayed here. To build a life for you here. And 160 years later, the answer is to hold a holiday completely bypassing all of that to commemorate tribal distinctions and African tribal colors. Why? 
I don't understand that. You could go back. No one would stop you. But you won't. Why? Because you don't want to wear a drape all day. And Wi-Fi's cool. Because this place is better than Zimbabwe. Like it's better than Jordan, the most modern Muslim country in the world. It's better than China. It's better than Russia, although frankly the people running America right now are doing everything they can possibly do to make Russia great again. Because it's better to live than anywhere else. I don't get it. I understand that, you know, we have a huge Italian population here in Iowa. There's Italian days and things. Are they federal holidays? No. No. And do they want to go back to Italy? No. They realized, you know, we could just do Prince Spaghetti Day on Wednesdays here. We can just do it here and it's a better place than Italy. Cooler. I, I, it turns out, every time I looked at it this weekend, it was the very branding Marxist, tribalistic branding that I stereotyped it as before I actually knew what the real origin of it was. That is tragic irony. I don't understand that. And no, it's not, I don't understand that because I'm white. I'm not dumb. Two types of people choose to live in Zimbabwe instead of the United States of America. Missionaries and idiots. Only two kinds. Only two kinds. Missionaries, like Vodi Baca moving his family there, or idiots. That's it. Only two kinds of people are like, I think I'd rather live there. Only two kinds. Missionaries and idiots. The only, the only thing oppressing you is you. I don't understand the language. Like, I get angry at the amount of focus we have on the royal family. Like, I get, you guys know this. Like, it irritates the hell out of me. I can't stand it. And I take pride in not giving a rip and not caring. Why? Because we won that war. I don't have to. We're free. You won the war. You're free. Why are you like, can you cool? I don't understand that. I didn't understand it in the 90s when they busted out the African pendants and all that stuff. I didn't get that. So you're at a university for $300 a credit hour, but you're down with the local tribe who gets $300 a year. Okay. It just all struck... It, at best, it strikes me as a virtue signal, at best. I don't see the substance behind it on any level. I see very little commemorating of the actual origin of the event. I just see Marxism. I, I see what looks like a Black Panther event. That's what I see. People raising fists. 
You know, like we just passed the Civil Rights Act last week. That thing passed 10 years before I was born. I'm almost 50 years old. So thank you for asking this question. Because I, I don't... I don't know what Juneteenth is. I know what its origin is, but apparently it's just a, you know, it's like we have Christmas in July and the Hallmark Channel will pump out the Christmas movies for the month of July. They put out all December, right? Okay. That's this what is, makes me mad. That, that, this, is just, this, is just, uh, this is just summer Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa in June. That's all it is. Kwanzaa in June. Okay, cool. Whatever. What it should be is a great piece of America. And I think it actually was in Texas until very recently. Probably. And it got hijacked. I, this should be like St. Patrick's Day. Which is probably Day. why it did become a federal holiday, because yeah. once it became hijacked, right. Right. now, of course, the people running the federal government that are trying to really end America, now they're interested in it. Yes. It'd be really cool if it was like St. Patrick's Day. I mean, hey, you guys, yeah, let's celebrate your party in your neck of the woods. I can drink and eat cool food. Let's do that together. Agreed. That's what it should be. I, I agree. Instead, what I just saw were... You know, it looked like a public enemy video from 1992. Mm. That's all I see. But, you know, without the cool music, Flavor Flav and a giant clock necklace. Next up, we have Eric Olson. For those of us who are still trying to figure out an exit strategy from a deep blue cesspool state and aren't willing to give up and do nothing while we're still here, what's the best place to, or level of government for us to work hard to change? School board. I mean, here's why. Because I could say like your city council, your county board of supervisors. But if you can't change your school board, there is no point to still be living there. I mean, that, <laughs> pardon me, that's who governs your most renewable resource, your children, and or who's educating your children. So you kind of kill two birds with one stone there. On one hand, you either get to... Uh, sabotage Satan's youth ministry or on the other hand you realize you can't and so get out which is by the way one of the best movies of the last 20 years um, it, and that's why I like taking that tactic because you either do something very effective or you learn something very effective I like working smart, not working hard. I can work really hard and accomplish nothing. I like working smart. I like to accomplish things. So go after your school board. If you can't change that, if you can change it, then you're making real change. If you can't change it, then you can't make any real change. That's a gone, forsaken community. Get out. Before we get to any more, let me make sure I remind everybody about our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust, because these are certainly unprecedented times. Bing. And that's why when you get into an uncertain real estate market, you want to do so with an agent fully trained and verified with a track record of success that we've, well, verified, to make sure that you don't find out before it's too late that they can talk a good game, but they can't walk the walk when the time comes. Where would you find such a real estate agent? The name, of course, we make it as simple as possible. The name says it all. Head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Just, just about anywhere you want to move to or get away from. 
We can help you with a real estate agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's try to get in two more, uh, one serious and one not so serious, before we exit today. Matthew Skaggs says, It was reported over the weekend that uh, Virginia Governor Yunkin has hosted several Pride events throughout the state uh, this month uh, in Virginia. And I've, I've checked that. That is true. Yunkin has hosted several Pride events. He joins a long list of Republicans such as Nancy Mace and my Senator Rob Portman, to name a few that couldn't wait to sell out to the Rainbow Jihad. What's the benign, innocent explanation for this? There is not one. There, there is, there is not one. There is, this is, this is supporting utter godlessness. As I pointed out earlier, there, there isn't, there, there isn't a movement more antithetical to the heart of God expressed in the scriptures than pride. There isn't one. The the ideology, everything itself comes from below. All of it does. And that's why you see all the flaunting, craven behavior. Because that's where that comes from too. So, there there isn't one. There's far worse manifestations of evil in the world, obviously, than, you know... A chick with a, you know, a, a, a Christine Aguilera with a dildo and guys that, you know, got boob enhancements looking like morons and idiots, right? There's a lot worse manifestations and devastating manifestations of evil. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ideology that inspires that. The ideology that inspires that could not be more godless. It's, guard, it's godlessness incarnate. Final one. This is, I believe, another five-star review on iTunes. Uh, quick bull, uh, gun to your head. If someone was stranded on an island, who should they pick to be stranded with? Steve, Todd, or Aaron? This is from Derek Stensland. Aaron. This was initially very easy to me. It's definitely Aaron. But then I thought, you know, there's a part of Aaron that could be just like... Um, uh, Gotta cut the dead weight here. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> No, no, no. And Steve would be the guy in Dunkirk, the soldier who just like wanders off into the sea, and you know. So I don't know. It might be me. It might be me. <laughs> it's Aaron. It's Aaron because he's I the would... most likely to fashion something yes. that might get us the hell off that yes. island. Yeah, I would choose Steve because he's the most likely one to find some way of getting Directv Sunday ticket. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> or die trying. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna get this thing to the top of this coconut tree. Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in. We're going to stick around, do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Hall of Famer Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.